All right, we're back, Simon. All right, folks. You better welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I am your host, William Moore, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, we are seeing all stars. <laughs> we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. And preeminent in all Nets fans' minds, Simon, is the following question. How the heck are you? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you for asking both William and Nets Nation. <laughs> Nets Nation needs to know how is Simon <laughs> McCormick doing? I'm doing better than ever and twice as ugly. <laughs> Simon, this is going to be a return of the fun. We got the fun. Return. <laughs> okay, I, that that that. That <laughs> didn't work quite like I was hoping it might. Um, good news, Simon. We beat the crap out of the Lakers in the Forum, Staples Center. Yes. Big win. Uh, I was hoping maybe you'd have a stronger reaction to that, but yes is perfectly uh, acceptable. Uh, (laughs) Remember, we're doing in-podcast drops, so when I say something and there should be, like, explosions, feel free to fill in the explosive sounds yourself. Okay. Uh, All right. So anyway, this week we have some pretty serious stuff to talk about. Sam Vecini's hating on the Nets' future. We've got to get to that. Kyrie's defense, Simon, I have some thoughts I'd like to share with you as well. You brought some up last week. I I think I want to pile on this week. Of course, this we would be remiss were we not to mention the Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin rumors. Uh, Andre Roberson, a net. He was one of the ones we have been targeting for ages now. We'll, of course, talk about that. Barclay might be getting some renovations, which uh, we will talk about again. Um, We've brought it up many, many times on the show, but we will get to it eventually. But before all that, Simon, you are the czar of fun on this show. You are the czar of themes, the czar of fun. What have you come up with this week? Well, I want to give credit where credit's due. The czar is nothing if not um, it b- believes in a meritocracy. And um, <laughs> uh, this was actually your idea. Um, so folks may have seen um, a, a, uh, a Ted Cruz is in some hot water politically because in the midst of a historic storm that has um, destroyed the lives of millions of people who live in Texas where he is the senator – one of two senators, um, he decided, what the hey, how about a week's-long vacation in, uh, God, where did he go? Oh, Cancun. Cancun. Sorry. In Cancun. <laughs> arriba, um, arriba. He, he uh, hilariously, once once this, um, once this, the blowback started here, uh, he claimed that he was just going to go on the plane with his daughter, which his daughter, <laughs> he said, was just jonesing for him to, Go on the plane with her, and then he would take a plane immediately back. Wait, it was um, just he and his daughter going to Cancun? No, and, and his wife. Oh, and his wife. Um, okay. But he was like, just as a, as a, trying to be a good dad, you know, I, I acquiesced to my young daughters, um, who I'm throwing under the bus here for this uh, uh, thing. But it was clear, you know, he, he had a scheduled flight that was like 
for today. Like he, he was planning to go for a week. Um, and then once the report started surfacing, he immediately flew back. But, uh, but yes. So anyway, so because of that is happening in the news folks, and you know, we're news chasers on this show as much as anything else. We decided why not compare nets to characters in the real Cancun. Uh, what's yeah. the real Cancun? Are you asking? Yeah, I mean, that's I know me. You know. This is me okay. doing a drop in, you know. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, the real Cancun, folks, unless you've been living under a rock, you know, <laughs> is a movie that came out, I want to say, in 20. 20- Two twenty oh two or five two thousand and three, my friend. Two thousand and three, great, great, <laughs> a great. great year to be alive. That's senior year of high school for you. <laughs> that's right, that's right, and I'll remember it <laughs> like it was yesterday, um, because a movie that changed the face of cinema came out that year. The Real Cancun, which was billed as the first reality movie, <laughs> reality um, film, <laughs> reality film. Um, and it follows as if the entire genre of documentaries didn't exist. <laughs> but I mean, to the yes, yes. But to the crowd that it was going for, those films don't exist. So <laughs> right, this was right. the first um, for all intents this is, and purposes. This is the first ever instance of true cinema verite. <laughs> and um, it follows the uh, the goings on of um, I don't know. Maybe ten. Uh, a lot more poets. than looking because I had to refer to the Wikipedia page to get yes. all the names of the of the people yes. in it, uh, and there are at minimum ten. Yeah, there's like twelve or thirteen. There are there are if you watch the film, as I'm sure every listener has the 2003 classic, which <laughs> I think I may possess the sole extant remaining dvd of the thing mm-hmm. um so if you if you haven't seen it listeners hit us up at maybe next time at gmail.com or on twitter or instagram and let us know and i will try to send you a copy of this thing i'll, I'll mp4 something like that we'll, we'll figure it out uh, but there are there are 13 14 characters a few of whom don't have much of an impact uh, on the film, but the, but you see them in scenes. They're in the background. You're not really sure what they're doing, but they don't get their character isn't really developed too much. Yes. Um, so okay, so what are we do? What are we doing with this film? What how how, how are we turning in, this into a Nets relevant uh, theme? Czar. Oh, sorry, I never finished. I never squared that circle. Um, it we are comparing Nets players. To cast members of the real Cancun. Yes, I would love to know. Genuinely, sincerely, I would love if anyone listening to this podcast right now, seven minutes and twenty six <laughs> seconds in, if if you have seen the real Cancun, two thousand three reality film issued by MTV, if you have seen this movie, please. Email us or tweet us. I know we always ask people to tweet us, email us, blah, blah, blah. We genuinely have to know if there are people other than us and our wives who we have forced to watch this film with us. If anyone else has seen this movie. Because honestly, it is the first and only reality film ever made. But it is a genre that <laughs> that appeals very strongly to me. I love yes. this thing. 
Yes. And I wish I wish there were more. I mean, it doesn't really make sense. Like the whole concept of reality TV is it's cheap and and easy to to make and you can distribute massive amounts of it and keep people's eyeballs on the screen and get all sorts of ad revenue. If you put that in an hour and a half film, what do you what what is the point of that? Um, so it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense economically to continue to make them, which is why literally only one was ever made. But it is a fantastic genre. If you haven't seen it, see it. If you have seen it, which would be even more insane, let us know. <laughs> yes. But until then, enjoy our comparison. But until then, we're going to go through various characters. We'll tell you a little bit about our impressions of each of these. And they're not characters. They're real human beings. They're flesh and blood human beings. Um, we'll tell you a little bit about each, and then we'll compare them to Annette. This will be, don't worry, Nets fans. This will be relevant. We will talk about real issues about the Nets as we bring up these people. But you'll also learn a little bit about a a oft overlooked film. Yes, exactly. So, Simon, let's let's start with maybe the character who's left the most, the one whose name I didn't need to look up. Yes. Okay. He <laughs> he asks at one point in the film, he asks whether he should wear a bandizi on his arm or on his head. It is an iconic moment in cinema <laughs> history. The, his name is Jeremy. Yes. Uh, he self-describes himself as the reason women come to Cancun for spring break. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that a way yes. he defines himself? Uh, he is a blonde bombshell, a hunk of all hunks. He is this. <laughs> obviously, the show tried to cast several like jockish hunks, like really generic, like Abercrombie Fitch looking model hunks. Right. And they're all great looking. They're all hunkish. You know, they're all probably probably like the coolest guy in their frat or whatever but Jeremy quickly rises to the coolest of these guys the one that they all want to be because he is far and away the the biggest dick um, but does so in the way that like all of the best dicks do it as just being like pretty much totally taciturn. He doesn't say a whole lot. Like he'll ask you about where, which part of his body his bandizi should go on. But other than that, he's not saying a whole lot. It's mostly smiles and negging. I would say is mostly <laughs> J- is Jeremy's game and, and conniving, um, you know, trickery, trickery, some of that right, well. right, right, right. Definitely doing stuff to make women jealous mm-hmm. uh, manipulatively so Jer- Jer- so all that said who for you is is jeremy what net is most like jeremy i think he's Kyrie. i i i, I think that the the comparison is not is imperfect because i wouldn't say Kyrie is like the obviously the the, the best player on the nets right? right whereas jeremy is like the best at what the the men on the show more or less are trying to do. Right. But to me, he Which is, is like embody, al- embody toxic masculinity. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He is the, he, <laughs> others can try to embody toxic masculinity and, you know, succeed to some degree. To but, a degree. Right. Um, but yes, no, nobody does it like Jeremy. To me, I, I just feel like Kyrie is 
kind of still the alpha. I, I do kind of believe that um, of, of this team. Like he's the one who's getting up all the same number of shots. As far as I can tell, he has sacrificed like basically nothing in, in the, 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 the trio here. Um, and, um, you know, he's got any, but you know, he gets people to like bend to his, to his will. He's a, he's a, he convinces people or he, he's able to, to get his way in a way that Jeremy is as well. And, um, you know, you kind of, you kind of gotta, you gotta have some grudging respect for that, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Kyrie is a different guy for me in the show. I, I won't, uh-huh. I won't spoil it yet. Okay. I, I'm sure our listeners already know who I'm going to pick. <laughs> <laughs> But for me, Jeremy is is because, yeah, he is sort of the in a sense, the MVP. So obviously you would assume it would be KD because he's Mm. our best player. But for me, it's it is with a similar logic to you. It's James Harden, just because I think James Harden is is probably like like Kyrie's a little too weird to be Jeremy, Uh like uh legitimately weird. James Harden is just like like the king of, you know, I'm a pro athlete who's got like his jersey hung up at a strip club in every city and is is just like more put together and cool and sort of like effortlessly bad ass than anyone whereas Kyrie's got like there's a there's a darkness there with Kyrie there's yeah, a, there's yeah. a walking stick there with Kyrie there's there's yeah. all sorts of the, you know uh, idiosyncrasies that Jeremy there's no place for idiosyncrasy or nuance no. in Jeremy he is right. just he is pure <laughs> like 1990s douchebag in you know like made manifest he is just a, a complete like American Pie scumbag. Right, exactly. If Stifler were a real person. Right. And not to say James Harden is are those, is those things. That is totally unfair. I really like James Harden. I've loved uh, his presence on this team, but I think if anyone could pull off like being just a cool bro, it would yeah. be it would be James Harden. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. And and to, to this is like everyone in this movie basically is reprehensible. Um, and I don't think all the, you know, obviously I don't think the Nets players are, but we are comparing them, so you know, there's uh, take these are these are loose comparisons, okay? Yes. We're we're, con, we're constricted by the 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 uh, bizarre you know, parameters we've set for ourselves ourselves yes yes all right so how about the next one alan <laughs> alan uh, we're not going to do every character because no, i don't no, think totally. like i think uh, mostly we'll skip the majority of probably the women uh yes i have i have two of the women yeah i do too the yeah but um anyway just yeah well okay okay so alan tell us about alan uh, alan for me um is uh, is uh, DeAndre Jordan? Now, well, tell reason, us tell us what Alan is. Tell us who Alan is. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I guess I could describe the sun to you, but <laughs> I think you pretty much get what it is. Um, <laughs> For say, there's say, I, you know, maybe let's say four percent of our listeners haven't seen this movie. Okay, <laughs> right, right, For okay. that four percent, right. let them know who Alan is. Welcome, and here's who Alan is. He is um, he's he is the nerd. Right and uh, of the sh- well, there's two nerds. There's, there's two like, nerds. There's, like the cool there's a nerd. real nerd, and then there's Alan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Who is just a creepy Mormon loser, basically. Right. Kind of a budding men's rights activist before those were sort of a thing. Yeah, he'd be Uh, a red pill Reddit guy. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, uh, Like, um... But, incel? Incel? Yes, an yeah. incel, exactly. But in 2003, incels were kind of like, there was like a charmed. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm not saying I was charmed by Alan. I just want to be very clear here. But I feel like that's the, his arc, his story arc is not like, oh God, look at this like true nightmare. It was like, ah, the dork, he doesn't drink, but he's gonna, you know, come into his, his himself, find himself. And blossom into this like ladies' man, who you know has confidence and is great. Again, movies are actual movies are made of it. You know the American Pie thing. You know it's the same, the same sort of gist of people who are actually kind of pretty like have some serious um, issues, but are presented as like oh just an innocent, sweet, nice guy. Um, he is DeAndre Jordan to me because. That guy would not be anywhere in Cancun without the movie The Real Cancun. Like, if that guy just got on a plane by himself and flew to Cancun, he would be miserable. But because he's on this, on this, in this movie where, like, they have access to this house where there's nonstop partying going on and they have VIP access to various clubs and stuff, there's, that gets him attention of of women of of people generally that just he has no business getting of of his own sort of uh, on his own merit and right. so similar to DeAndre Jordan getting started getting a ten million dollar um a uh, forty million dollar over four year contract like it's totally unearned it's just because of who he who he's attached himself to sure uh, for me that's Landry Shaman. <laughs> Yeah, like I, uh, yours works better. With obviously, your logic was specifically meant to to convey the uh, DeAndre Jordan's basically only being on this team because he's friends with with superstars. Um, yeah, Landry Shamit to me has just been this sort of outcast, cringe-worthy guy. Like every time Shamit's on the floor, and I like that he's losing minutes to uh, Tyler Johnson. I think that that's a that's a somewhat hopeful thing. It's crazy. Last week we talked about Tyler Johnson in the fruit episode um, as a guy that basically we haven't heard from all year. And now he's like fairly central figure in the bench mob of the, of the nets, but he is basically taking Shamit's minutes, um, which is fantastic. But anyway, Shamit, yeah, he's just sort of the, I, nobody am I, Am I more frightened by what's going to happen when he gets the ball than Landry Shamit? Yeah, uh, he's he, been he's been a disaster. I know um, Nets Daily is 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 um, is standing hard for Landry right now and his comeback and how he's shooting better and things like that. But for me, the 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 horror show that has been the first like. 20 games of the season with him uh, was is too fresh in my mind to, to move on to a, a better Landry Shamit image. T- totally. And I would also add anyone who watched the Alan Crabb show knows that this is how this goes. They right. put together five games. They get tons of press about those five games that were pretty good. And then before you know it, they're on another um, down, down slide. Um, all right. Next, next, uh, Character, not character, person from from um, Real Cancun. Let's do the twins. 
Yes, great. So the twins are from Albuquerque, Nicole and Roxanne. We actually knew them. You knew them. I knew them. I've 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 been at parties with them. I wouldn't like I couldn't like you know text them or something like that. But I was in the I was at places where they were. They were two twins um, from Albuquerque, Nicole and Roxanne. Um, uh, How would you describe them? They were basically down, super down to party. Yes. Hardcore party animals. Very nice. Yeah, perfectly I, nice party animals. I, I wouldn't even, yes, and, and, and as far as, like, rep- reprehensibility or reprehensibleness, um, yeah. they are on the low <laughs> end of the spectrum. Yeah, for, no, by, absolutely. By I mean, yeah. I, I would say, in general, um, the movie was driven by and geared towards... <laughs> that sort of Jeremy audience where you're yeah. just like, it's about dudes going on spring break and getting laid, getting with chicks. <laughs> and that's like what it's about. So like, like the women on the show are all much more reasonable and nice and like human <laughs> than the guys on the show. Um, yes. And you know, they, so they don't get a lot of, play you know they don't get a lot of um like airtime or like story time devoted to them really unless they're being like abused and manipulated by a guy basically yeah um yep. which not is, physically or i mean abused yeah just yeah to no be, to manipulated or, yeah, manipulated yeah. is better than right. abused yeah right. no no not not sorry that is yeah totally uh bad <laughs> bad uh word choice there no worries um but yes manipulated but they're they're just yeah they're just fun time i think they 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 make out with a guy or something like that but they're really just there for the the party uh for me it was jeff green okay, okay. like you know he's He's a good time guy. He's uh, you play him thirty minutes a night. He'll do what he can. Uh, <laughs> he'll bring it if he, he can. But you know he's he's of of limited limited value to most teams. But for this team, he's kind of essential to make it work. Um, and yeah, you can't just have like fifteen Jeremys in a house because they literally uh, eat each other by the end of it. Yeah, um, in a Lord of the Flies type situation. Um, yes. So too anyway. much testosterone. Yeah. Um, so for me, walk with me, talk with me here, William. Uh, I don't remember which car- which one of the twins says this, but there is an iconic line where one of them says that um, she hasn't really hooked up with anyone in the house or hasn't really like had a uh, any romantic feelings for anyone in the house because she's quote. Not vibing with anyone. Right. I remember. That was that was a really early introduction of the word vibing with someone. Yes. Maybe the uh, yes. earliest one that either of us were exposed De- to. Definitely. We found it patently absurd <laughs> uh, at the time. <laughs> right. And now I feel like it's just very casually thrown out in conversation. Yes. Vibing is, is like air right now. Like I would, you know, a part of me thinks it's ironic. But at this point, irony means not, it's all just real. It's just who I am now. I vibe it, and don't vibe with people. Exactly. So because of that, because of that line, um, the twins are Noah Vonley to me because <laughs> that guy is not vibing with the playing time. He is not vibing with anyone um, uh, in, in terms of um, playing on the court, finding any sort of chemistry with people because um, he's not playing. I would love to see him. Really like to see what that guy's about here. Um, I think we do need 
more than one um, shattered center. But, um, you know, yeah, I'm not the I coach. would love to see Vaughn like, get a little run, honestly. Um, just like I was going to say for the next one, Laura, like the, the pretty blonde who went on to um, Hollywood stardom. Yes, yes. Yeah, who uh, had a fling with Jeremy, listeners will know, and then was <laughs> very harshly sort of cast aside. Yes. Uh, but anyway, she went on to like actually translate this terrible movie she was in into actual Hollywood success. She was in um, She's the Man uh, mm-hmm. with Channing Tatum and Amanda Bynes um, mm-hmm. and a few other movies. Anyway, uh, for, for me, she's Nick Claxton. Okay. Because uh, he's just sort of like, you know, he's he's not getting rejected in quite the same way that she was because he's hurt, so he can't play. But he's just like, you can just tell that guy's going to go on to great things, whether it's in, on, on the basketball court or maybe as a, <laughs> as a Hollywood career. Because he's also great looking. Yes, yes, he could be a, a model. Uh, but I wanted to move on to the next, the next <laughs> douchebag, which is Matt. Mm-hmm. So he's the poor man's Jeremy. Yeah. He's the brunette Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, all my friends are brunette, by the way. So uh, so it's not he's not inherently awful. But in this in the realm of real Cancun, he's he's awful. Um, I don't know that he's that awful. Well, is he? no, he's just the poor. He's just not as cool as Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have the sun-kissed tips of the hair. No. Right. Um, and for me... He's he's uh, KD. Oh, okay. Because he wants to be like the chilled out, super cool guy, like James Harden, you know, who mm-hmm. just like lets stuff wash, like a uh, like water on a on a duck's back or whatever the expression is. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. uh, you know, he wants to be chill and cool, but uh, you know, he wants to be the Jeremy, but. You know things get to him. He has burner accounts. He's uh, he won't talk to Charles Barkley in a, in a post game thing because he hates him. You know, like he's a very sensitive guy, and and Matt wants to be Jeremy, like the heartless fucking guy, like bro who is a heartbreaker or whatever. But he, you know, he's sort of sensitive. He he really likes that one person. On yeah, the show. what was her name? Who is she? Is she Amber? No, she's Sarah. Sarah, yeah. right, right. Yeah, she was Sarah. And, you know, so that's to me, KD. He's a little bit more, he would love to be the, the frat king, but he's he's just a little too introspective and sensitive for that. Yeah, Which I sure. admire, which I admire. Yeah. Or relate to. I'm not to. sure that describes Matt at all, but. No, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> No, Matt is a, a spoiled dick, but but uh, okay. So I have I have three Wait, more things. Can I do Matt here? Yeah, 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 yeah. For me, Matt is uh, Jeff Green. He's he's kind of like the the um, you know, it gets the job done. You know, he he's he's okay, but but you know. After you, I, I feel like he's not the keeper, right? You, you, you might have a fling with Matt. You might have a, a casual flirtation with Matt. But you kind of want to eventually move on because, Matt, there's just not a lot, a lot going on upstairs with Matt. 
No, absolutely. <laughs> uh, move on from Matt. And Jeff Green has played on like 17 teams. That's the connection. Yeah. All right. Makes total sense. Um, I had Casey on here. Casey is the male model. He oh, yeah. He is, yeah. in addition to being a male model, a to- uh, basically the biggest alcoholic in the, the show. Uh, and Party this animal. is still, like, this is still, like, they're all young enough where you're not, yeah. like, quote, unquote, really an alcoholic. You know, he just, right. every second of the show, <laughs> he's, he's blacked out. Um, yeah. And... Uh, I don't know. I don't know why I have the DeAndre Jordan. Uh, he's getting paid to have a good time. Like he's just, you know, living it up. He doesn't care what what really happens. Yeah. For, yeah. That, that Tenuous, not great. I go for it. <laughs> for for me, Kate. So I have a combo net player here. Um, but for me, James Harden is a combination of Casey. Yeah. Partying hard, you know, not a care in the world, um, you know, hitting up strip clubs, etc. Um, uh, but also loves the thing about Casey. He loves to to bring people along in his party vibe. He's always asking if people want to do shots. Right. He's he's a people person. He is for sure. Um, and I, and, I you mean, know, if, same- if if by people person you mean someone desperate to get other people to drink with them. Yes, yes. He's yeah. a people person. <laughs> yeah. Um, but unlike Casey, James Harden is quite a, a smart a smart player. So for that reason, I also think that James Harden is Sky, who I think is easily the smartest person on the in the um uh the the movie. Yeah, she, she is for sure. She is um you know, completely wraps her finger around another character we'll maybe touch on. Yeah. Um, and just does whatever she wants is able, is able to just, you know, I don't know, just, just move. I mean, she, she's, she's fishing with dynamite out there, um, as someone with a brain. Um, (laughs) (laughs) no, it's, it's just amazing what one can accomplish with (laughs) really, really modest intellectual abilities on real Cancun. Not that she has modest. I mean, she's, she's clearly smart. Um, all right. My next guy is my Kyrie, Simon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's, uh, Heidi and Adam. The Adam of that. I think his name's Adam. <laughs> I don't know if he is, if his name is Adam. Yeah, that seems right. It does seem right. But I think it's Adam. Anyway, it's that's the reason I brought up Heidi, because there's like this couple-ish. They're like best friends, and they don't really drink, or she drinks, but he doesn't. He loves acoustic guitar. They're like meant to be uh, Adam is clearly very pretentious and thinks he's very smart uh, with his acoustic guitar and sort of like, you know, he's not like a party boy. He's like not a frat guy or has no ambitions of being a frat guy. Um, And that's sort of why he reminds me of, of Kyrie, Mm -hmm, you know, because that's a good one. Yeah. Kyrie has his, has his walking stick and his grandiose theories of uh, the shape of the world and all of these things. And constantly says that people, you know, don't get him. Um, similar to who I th- I think is named Adam in the in the movie. Yeah, that's great. Did you have anything for that couple or no? 
No. All right. Well, let's go to, to the, the last one I've got, and you may have others, but Paul and his lackey, Jarrell. So, (laughs) so Paul tries to, to Paul, this is a, they're like, they're (laughs) friends. I I forget where they're from. I think California, but that, that might not be right. Uh, Paul and his lackey Jarrell. So Paul is, it postures is like a swaggering, like cool dude, right? Like a a lady killer. And Jarrell is sort of like his overweight friend who thinks he's the shit. And like, but like basically Jarrell is just super into gossip. Like Mm -hmm. Jarrell, Jarrell is one of those persons who wear like people who wears a drama free shirt, but then like his entire existence is about stirring up drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't mean he likes drama free zones, um, but he would assert that he did. And to me, this is a net who's not actually still a net, but was a net last season. Jared Dudley, or two seasons ago, Jared Dudley. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, Jared Dudley is constant. He will go on any podcast that asks him to come on. He always talks about how he's going to be on media broadcast or GM or whatever. Um, and did you hear that he's recently wrote a book about the bubble? Uh, yes, I, I did know that. Yeah, I don't so, know anything about so it. So Dudley has written a book about the bubble, but like he, he obviously doesn't like play anymore. He's not involved in the action. He wasn't even good when he was on the nets. He got a few minutes because the team was not very good. Uh, but, you know, he doesn't play on the on the Lakers basically ever, except in deep, deep garbage time. Um, but he will constantly give interviews and he's really smart and he's like an insider, but like his whole shtick is like talking about the amazing people around him, um, which is sort of what I see Jarrell as like he his sole purpose there is to be the hype man for Paul. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, mine for this is also a X net. <laughs> um and it, it it stems from the part of the of the film when uh, the in the intros where both Paul and Jarrell are talking about um, like they're like there's going to be you know take a look at these faces because we're the stars like you're going to be seeing us everywhere we're you know incredible we're just going to be like all about town um, you know and then it turns out yes that that. Basically, Jarrell, as you said, just follows Paul around in weird times, including times when he really shouldn't be there. Um, yeah, like when he's trying to make out with someone in a pool. With Sky, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and Jarrell's just swimming like five feet away from them, yes, staring for, intensely at them. Exactly. Yeah. And then Paul is just spends the entire time desperately trying to hook up with Sky. Um, never really goes anywhere. I do not want to give up any spoilers, but, um, it, it doesn't go somewhere. It goes somewhere. Yes. But it's not, it goes downtown. (laughs) (laughs) It's a family show. (laughs) No, um, yes. So, so to me, that is Torian Prince because when Torian Prince was, was first brought over, it was like, Oh my God, can't believe that the Hawks gave up this great guy and, and there were all these reports that he was just killing it in the pickup games in the off season. And then when you actually see Torian Prince, it's just like, this guy sucks. <laughs> you are really holding <laughs> on to that Torian beef. I mean, he's doing, he had a few good games in Cleveland already too. They were starting him a little bit. Yeah, well, you you live by the Torian Prince, you die by the Torian yeah, Prince. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think I don't think he's ever going to turn into to a great player like we once hoped 
Right, um, exactly. All right, Simon, anything else about this movie you think our listeners need to know? No, other than if you have located a source for it, let us know. Yeah, let us know. It's it is amazing. I mean, Simon, <laughs> how many times would you say we've watched it? I've probably seen it close to 10 times. Yeah, I would say 10-ish times. I think we've watched we've watched every deleted scene cuz I had the, I have the DVD. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh there's like yeah, that's the deleted scenes where you where you find out that there are like other people that were that right. just got cut out of it. Exactly. Um it seemed cooler than the people that they focused on, <laughs> frankly, but Anyway, please, Nets Nation, check it out. Um, it's not that analogous to the Nets, but it, <laughs> it it's worth it's worth a watch. It's so good. It really is so good, and it's just a very, very, very different time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a really different time. <laughs> Simon was a senior in high school when this thing came out. <laughs> Uh, okay, so now let's get into some real Nets talk. Sam Vecini's article. Sam Vecini. Simon, were you aware of Sam Vecini before this article broke? Yeah, I, I, I know him. He has an Australian accent or something? No, he lives in Australia now. Oh. Uh, but he doesn't have an accent? No, he doesn't have an accent. He is the host of Game Theory, which is on uh, an athletic podcast, and he writes for The Athletic. He is... Most well known as as sort of the F- athletics um, draft guru. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but I think in general is just has really great takes on the NBA at large. And whenever he's guesting on any of the other main athletic shows, he's he's fantastic. Um, but I gotta say, did not like his latest uh, three articles, which were um, the top. 30 or the teams 30 nba teams ranked in order of who has the best future dallas is his number one rank for best future um and this is based on there's like a bizarre calculus for it but it's basically players who are either on their rookie deal contract or who were in like second round or you know like basically their first nba contract essentially and under 25 years old so who Got has the it. best future based on on the players that essentially young players on their team? Um, so number right. one is Dallas because Luca and he thinks Luca projects to be obviously a perennial MVP candidate, which pretty good to have uh, as a 21 year old on your team. Um, and of all 30 teams, he ranks the Brooklyn Nets dead last. This is down from his previous ranking last season of 11th. So last season we were 11th. This season we're 30th. Uh, it makes sense. We have no draft picks, for, you know, here from here to eternity. We traded away Jared Allen, which was our best young piece. Um, our young guys now include mostly overseas stashes like um, uh, Juan <laughs> Fowley. <laughs> He's got to be like 35. He's only 24, shockingly. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, and then the other young guys we have are Reggie Perry and Nick Claxton. I think that people could get excited about. Um, Reggie Perry and Nick Claxton, who people could get excited about. Hell, I am excited about. I like both of those guys. I think they both project to be like rotation players in the NBA. Pretty good. Nick Claxton, I could see being a starter. 
There, I said it. Anyway, Simon, <laughs> how do you feel about the Vicini piece, uh, hit piece? How do you think about the Nets <laughs> being number thirty? Do you think it? Do you think it's just fair, or uh, is he just got a, an axe to grind? Uh, no, I I think that's fair. I mean, we don't have. I mean, as he points out, you know, our our young players are like Bruce Brown, who who we love and I'm glad we have on our team, but is a very deeply flawed player. <laughs> um, Re- really like watch him. If he ever gets the ball anywhere outside of the restricted zone on uh, restricted area on offense, yes. like he immediately stops and looks to pass it to someone else. He is yeah. terrified of getting the ball. Also right. really, it, really it, bad <laughs> shooter. Right. Now that's why he's terrified. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, and Shamit, we, we've gone on and on. We don't have really any, we have no, I would say we have no proven young talent, right? We have some Nick, Nick Claxton is an interesting guy and possibly will be good, but he's played almost no NBA games, um, because of injury and, and because of, um, you know having Jared Allen on the team for most of the time that he's been here. Um, and, uh, and he's very raw, I think is, is probably likely to, to say. Um, so yeah, when that's your like headline young piece is a late first rounder who nobody really knows much about whether they're actually going to be good. Um, you know, you don't have a good young team. Uh, right. And you don't have any um, real picks. hope of of getting a yeah. good team because you don't control any of your picks. Yes. Um, yeah. So kind of a bummer. Uh, what's not a bummer, Simon, is that we're going to have Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin on the team soon. Hey, that'll be nice. Well, that'll be maybe nice. <laughs> um, which one are you more excited about seeing in uh, Nets uniform? Uh, definitely Drummond. Um, definitely Drummond. He, his body is still functioning. Um, I, I think Blake would, so here's the thing. I think Blake would definitely be someone who I'd be less worried about in terms of chemistry. Mm -hmm. I think Blake's would just be, Blake would just be happy to, to, for the, be along for the ride. Um, but I don't really know that Blake provide, like, unlike Drummond, Blake, I, to me, doesn't necessarily provide a whole lot of what we need. He'll get you some rebounds, although these days he's like averaging like as many rebounds as like Kyrie. Like he he's getting like five rebounds a game. He his he's kind of like a very poor man's Brook Lopez at this point. Like he shoots some threes, but he's, he's much not really smaller. Get, yeah, yeah, and he he doesn't really mix it up down low these days. It sounds like. Um, so no, Drummond he... would definitely be more exciting, but I worry. The thing is, I worry about Drummond wanting touches, feeling, you know, like that could to me he could kind of upset the apple cart um, a bit. Yeah, I, I think I think Drummond clearly is the better player right now, mm-hmm. um, and also a better player in a position of need for the Nets. Like he plays actual center. Blake Griffin is not a center. Um, the problem, as you say, is him sort of buying in and accepting his role. You have to imagine if you come to a team 
with two MVPs in James Harden and Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. you can't demand to uh, be the focus of the offense ever. <laughs> to, to, to do your post-ups? Right. So I think that, you know, pending him, like, wanting law you know wanting to make a good impression with these superstars and 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 say and maybe correctly saying hey if i fit in and like make an impact on a team that legit has a chance at winning a championship i all of a sudden become a much more desirable player for around the league you know because he's mm-hmm. going to be looking to get signed to a decent ish contract after this season um, and he obviously has a ton of skill. Like the guy is a rebounding fiend <laughs> yeah. and he is pretty decent score has gotten a lot better at passing. I think he could, uh, you know, I think his defense has taken some knocks, but hell it's better than Deandre Jordan hundred percent. So if somehow he gets bought out and not, tr- and they don't get to trade for anything and the nets get him, I think he would be, I think he would end up being such a huge upgrade on DeAndre Jordan that um, even if he's a little dissatisfied with his role, he would still just be so much better than DeAndre mm-hmm. Jordan. Mm-hmm. That's my hot take. Um, Simon, last time you mentioned Kyrie's defense, uh-huh. how it annoyed you, and an example of how he was like telling other players how to guard while his man had the ball. Yes. You know, like trying to conduct the defense when he really probably should be focused on maybe stopping the guy in front of him. Well, yeah. I don't know if you you were watching the Phoenix game, right? At least the first half. I watched the first half, yeah. Uh the the uh the walking stick game. And um do you know what I'm talking about with the walking no. stick? Yeah, he came in to the the arena with a a giant wooden walking stick. Huh. Like you would take on say a a rough mountainous hike. Right, right. Uh, sure. um, anyway, it was a, it was a uh, he was getting kind of clown for it, and I guess I'm uh, doing that a little bit here. But I thought it was kind of I mean he looks really cool, uh, um, but it was <laughs> it was it was absurd, and also why you could never be Jeremy because Jeremy would never <laughs> <laughs> never be that out there. Um, but anyway, uh, that game I don't know if you noticed this, but the first half. I think the side the Nets bench was on, they were the Nets were um, attacking, so they were on offense, and then the second half they were on defense. But both halves, uh, Kyrie was like Steve Nash was sitting, as we've talked about. Steve Nash does a lot of sitting on the bench and only seems to get up if like the other coach is being really demonstrative and he doesn't want to look like he's not doing anything. Um, but anyway, everyone was basically seated, seated except for Kyrie, who every single time down the court was up in the first half screaming to the offense about what they should be doing from the sideline, like trying to be the maestro, the conductor from the side. And then in the second half on defense, just screaming at everyone. And you could just tell like every player on the court was like, like at least five to 10 percent of what they were doing was trying to like 
not hear Kyrie, uh-huh. you know, because uh-huh. he was just screaming at them to be in like certain places. And, and, you know, KD was there just like doing his amazing sideline gate. Have you seen him on the sideline? He just like puts the hood up and just like, like if the other team does well, he's completely stone cold. Yeah. And then if, if, if the nets do well, he does just like a, a sly sort of smile nod, you know, <laughs> like he's very, he has a great sideline persona. Whereas Kyrie, he is the total opposite. He acts like like him getting up and screaming like a madman on the sideline, especially on defense. It's maybe on offense you could be like, yeah, I bet he has like pointing out some decent things. But on defense, it's like you're the worst defensive player in the league. <laughs> you know, like why? Are, what do you have to be screaming at these guys about? Yeah, yeah, he is. It's a true. It as uh, Jackie McMullen said, um, he has a really warped view of leadership. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, I don't want to you know, they the Nets have been so good lately even without KD um that yeah, I don't want to I don't want to make this into a <laughs> Kyrie's a freak and we need to vilify him sort of thing. Did, did you see by the way he uh here's something that were you not a LeBron stan, I I, I feel like you might appreciate and and maybe you'll still appreciate but in the Lakers game, there was a technical, like a three-second defensive violation, and um, they they chose uh, LeBron to take the free throw. Yeah. And uh, a- after he missed, Kyrie said, that's your best free throw player? Free, oh. free throw shooter? <laughs> <laughs> Very Which is nice. good. You got you to gotta take your knocks where you can if no. you're Kyrie. Amazing. Uh, Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. That that's uh, very very good. Uh, though it does hurt as the the, the stan <laughs> that I am for LeBron. Uh, what do you think of the whole Kyrie? I'm sorry, KD injury. I am. Thank you for asking. I am uh, medium concerned. I I I I think that hamstrings to me as a as a um, injury expert. Um, but just just from a from a casual you know uh, fan, I just feel like hamstrings are really annoying injuries. They are they obviously it's better to have that than something that needs surgery or whatever. But it just they just linger forever, and even like a quote unquote minor hamstring thing, like I could definitely see. I would say I would guess that there's a really good chance he doesn't play the rest of this half season. Oh the, the, my god. Like, and comes back to like, the all-star break after the all-star. Yeah. Wow. Um, just because I, I mean, I just think that, that like, you it's know, not worth it. Yeah. And yeah, it's five games, which in this compact season is like, what, like a, a week, like a week and yeah. a half. Right. 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 Um, I, I just think they might want to shut him down. I don't know if he'll play in the all-star weekend. I know he's the captain, um, which is exciting, but, um, which maybe we can talk about later, but, 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 um, <laughs> yeah, we I got know. we got plenty of time. We're only fifty minutes in. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying anything in. you want to talk about. Let's get it in, baby. Uh, yeah, but but I don't know. I'm I'm you know I I think it's just something to monitor. And anything with Katie's legs, obviously, given his um, Achilles injury, is is worrisome. Like, will he um, overcompensate? You know, um, and hurt his Achilles. Um, you know, any of that. It's just a scary thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, concern, less concerning probably than uh, Lakers fans uh, about AD and the Achilles stuff. But 
Yeah. Um, still worrisome that he's not playing and just disappointing from, you know, uh, the perspective of this is a totally new team that has not played together and probably needs some reps to learn mm-hmm. how to play together. Um, and would be nice to see that happen. It isn't. Um, yeah. That said, we have a new net, Andre Rob- Roberson, who mm-hmm. we can talk about our feelings about in a minute. But it means, Simon, that we had to waive Norvell Pell. Mm-hmm. So my question, it's a, it's, a, it's a question that leads into a trivia. Okay. Okay. So how many years do you think it will take before you've completely forgotten Norvell Pell? Great question. I would say before I can remember his name, yeah. like I like, like to the point where I can't remember the name of the right. guy. Like yeah, I'll no, remember, you'll remember the that guy. he existed and came on the right. team briefly, but like that you can you can just recall Norvell Pell being uh, his name. I would say ten months. Ten months. Okay. Right. Great. Because <laughs> here's this is where the trivia kicks trivia slash test kicks in. Okay? okay. Okay. Do you remember the name? Of this small fo- small forward slash power forward, the next Nets picked up in 2017-18 from the Pelicans, who started a game and averaged close to many uh, close to 20 minutes a night for at least 25 games of the 2017-18 season. Yeah, God, a uh, Cunningham, Dante Cunningham. Oh. Brilliant! Yes. Yeah, I I love Dante Cunningham. Nice. Okay, so give yourself Thank some you. credit. You could remember Norvell Pell. I mean, Norvell Pell got significantly <laughs> less playing time. I'm pretty sure we had a few um, covers of podcasts that had Dante Cunningham on there. I think we both at the time loved him. Thought he should get more minutes. You know, he was the he was the the stretch four we were looking for. Yeah, he was a DOG dog out there, too. Yeah, no, he was great. He was absolutely fantastic. And I actually, uh, this is insane, I wor- uh, we had an um, intern fellow from, from Pratt who was working in our library who I was supervising, and she used to live in New Orleans when he, Dante was a pelican, and yeah. she was the babysitter for Dante Cunningham's kids. Oh, cool. She's like, oh, you like the Nets? I uh, I used to babysit one of the Nets players' kids, and it completely blew my mind. And when she told me it was Dante Cunningham, I just gushed with, with <laughs> love and admiration <laughs> for it. Hey, 25 games as a Net Dante Cunningham? Of course I know him. I love him. <laughs> Have a podcast devoted to him. <laughs> yeah. That guy's amazing. Uh, so anyway, the, I guess, you know, we're kind of burying the lead. Andre Roberson's in that. Right. Yes. And your thought. I mean, we've we've talked about him before as like a prospective free agent that we'd like them to pick up. I think we both said he seems like the type of guy the net should go after. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a defensive specialist um, who can't shoot at all um, historically, but wasn't as bad in the bubble last year. We were both baffled that he didn't have a role. Uh, I would say for me anyway, I was a bit alarmed that he didn't have uh, a roster spot anywhere. Yeah. Um, What are your expectations for Andre? Well, I wish Steve Nash would play him um, because we have to decide 
Right. I think contracts are guaranteed this Tuesday. I think the 24th, whatever that the 24th. is. 24th. Yeah. I think that's Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we don't have a lot of time here, um, to, to figure that out. Now, obviously, you know, you can still cut someone after their contract's guaranteed, but, um, but, uh, yeah, I would, I would really like to see how that goes. It, it just seems to me like Nash does not have a lot of time for completely one dimensional players. Like Bruce Brown is at the very edge. Well, he didn't want to play Bruce oh. Brown for the, yeah, you know, that's true. Right. For he had to gut the roster to get Bruce some, some PT. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, I think that's a problem, honestly, with his rotation. Yeah, I agree. like he didn't he didn't really try with Norvell. I don't think he's going to try much with Andre Roberson. Like I think he and Mike D'Antoni or um, Mike Danfoni, as we discuss <laughs> discuss, uh, are are just so preoccupied with um, with offensive talent being the, the the defining metric of who gets playing time on this team, um, and you know. I don't think this team needs any more goddamn offense. We need someone who can stop someone. Yeah. So I would at least like to see whether Andre, that's the thing about Andre. Like we don't know if he can anymore. Right. But he, maybe he can. And if he can awesome, if he can, and he's on a minimum contract and you can put him out, like if, if in the playoffs or something, uh, you know, I, I don't know, like, um, uh, Giannis or something, you can stick him on for like a few minutes to like cool him down or something or, or, um, whatever, whatever wing, you know, yeah, let's say we're playing the Celtics. Or, we're playing the Celtics. Right. He'd be great to put on, on, on Brown or Tatum. Right. Um, but if you, if he's not actually physically capable of doing that anymore, um, then, you know, he's less valuable obviously. So, so determining that would be good. Agree completely. Uh, hope to see uh, Roberson get some run, maybe in the game against the Clippers tomorrow. Um, I said last week, Simon, that if we won, if we if we beat the Suns, and we beat the Kings, and we beat the Lakers, mm-hmm. we would shoot up the power rankings. Now a lot of them haven't been reissued, but I got to imagine, barring a, a collapse against the Clippers tomorrow. Nets are going to be top three in most power rankings. Hey, let's hope so. And don't forget, Nets Nation, almost certainly three all-stars we'll have on our team. Yes, yes. You are you are obsessed with this all-star thing. Well, I mean, it's a big deal. Right? No, it's I mean, amazing. Nets- yeah, we had, we had you know, th- two <laughs> years ago, we were over the moon that we had an injury replacement single all-star in DeAndre Russell. Uh, De- yeah, uh, D'Angelo Russell. Um, and now we have, th- well, likely three. I can't imagine Harden's not going to get on the reserves. Yes, that would be an outrage. That would be an outrage, total outrage. It's not going to happen. I mean, I understand why it, like, coach, uh, but the, why they would want to punish him for, for having done whatever he did, which I think is totally gross and stupid. But um, he obviously deserves to be on the All-Star team. Yes, and what you mean gross is stupid is is the people who would hold that against him. Yes, that's absolutely. Yeah, that's what I not, think would not, be yeah, yeah. gross and stupid that they would. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think, um, did you hear about the um, Draymond Green comments regarding Drummond and Griffin? Yes. Love that. Yeah. Players, Um, basically the the TLDR of that is players get killed for wanting out, but then if a team doesn't want a player, they can bench them. And there's not like this outrage that a team is doing something like that, whereas a player is like this moral reprobate for for, – not wanting to be on the team anymore. Right. Which is a double standard, which of course exists because we internalize the logic of those with power, (laughs) uh, which happen to be the teams and the owners. And um, it's definitely at the expense of the workers who are the players. And of course, these are extraordinarily well-paid workers, but the whole thing about like, Oh, shut up. They're millionaires. What do they have to complain about? It's like, yeah, but they work for billionaires. So what the fuck do they have to complain about? Right. And the people saying most vociferously complaining about that are also millionaires. Right. Um, right. They're the um, the Bill Simmonses of the world who just got a, sold their company for $200 million or whatever it was. Um, okay. Well, Simon. If you had listened to maybe one of the greatest <laughs> film analyses of all time, <laughs> would you want to give a podcast a rating of five or more stars? If there are, you know, what, depending on the platform, maybe they offer more than five stars. You know, we don't know. Right. We can't control Max, that. Maximum number of stars. Give us the Jeremy treatment, folks. Give us, <laughs> give us the five-star treatment. Um, not the treatment Jeremy gives others, uh, please. No, please don't um, treat us. No one deserves that. But um, even if you dislike this podcast, please, please don't give us the Jeremy treatment. Um, uh, shoot us five stars wherever you see your podcast, wherever you consume your podcasts. Uh, they really do help um, others find our podcast. Um, and um, send us your thoughts, your comments, your questions, your uh, tips on where we can find Real Cancun um, to maybe next time at gmail.com and follow us at maybe next time on Instagram and Twitter. Yes. If you have made it to the one hour, one minute, 54 second mark of this podcast, it means you like this podcast. Give us a five star. Also, share it with a friend. You're like, hey, friend, you like the Nets, right? No, I don't really like the Nets. Okay, but you love film, right? <laughs> yeah, I like film. I've got a, I've got a pulse. Okay, share it with him then. It's yeah, a, it's it, for film lovers and Nets lovers. That's right. And fruit lovers. <laughs> and who knows what funky thing our czar will think of next week thank you simon the czar for coming up with yet another fantastic theme I, thank um, you i didn't though yeah, that was yeah. you czar czar quiet czar quiet czar czar is constantly getting shushed czar <laughs> quiet <laughs> thank you for listening folks and we will go ahead and we'll see you next uh, net next time I was tired of my lady We'd been together too long Like a worn out recording Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns 
this letter I read. 